0: Laura, I am so excited that we're going to get this time together. I have loved learning from all the different property managers. And I know that even though you're not currently a property manager, you've had a very long career. So, can you tell us a little bit about your career in multifamily housing, like the Cliff Notes version?
1: Absolutely. And I'm going to come out of the gate and give you a little bit of a shock. I came out, I went into property management in 1994 out of retail. And I fell into it because I was looking for an apartment. I called a community and the young lady told me she didn't take my kind there. Oh, wow. Right? Now I was in retail. I had absolutely no idea what fair housing was. All I knew was, what does she mean by my kind, right? That's not something that I typically hear. And I very quickly, I assessed that she thought I didn't make enough money. I see. Because she asked me how much I paid for rent, not what I was looking to pay. And what I paid was very low because I came from another state, didn't know anything about the market, and landed in a community that I wasn't happy with. Wow. So when I told her what I paid, she initially just made an assessment and said, We don't take your kind. So I went to that apartment community. I met with that young lady. I let her show me and I wasted her time. (laughs) I was that quintessential prospect that asked the repetitive questions, the dumb questions. I kept her for an hour and a half on purpose and when she asked me if I wanted to apply I said I'm sorry you don't take my kind here. Wow. And I left and I went to the newspaper (laughs) And I started looking for leasing jobs or property management jobs. And I got a part-time leasing job in Virginia Beach, Virginia, 1994.
0: There I am. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. I, okay, you really, I was not expecting that story. So you were like, this girl didn't do it right. I'm going to, I'm going to get in here and I'm going to figure out how this is supposed to go. And it,
1: and it wasn't even that she didn't do it right. It was just how she made me feel. Yeah. And I thought to myself that can't happen. Like there've got, there've got to be leaders in this industry that doesn't allow that to happen.
0: So let me see what I can do. Very cool. So over the years, I'm sure you've had a lot of different challenges, a lot of different things that you faced. Once you really got into the industry, tell me a little bit about some of the challenges that you faced when you became a property manager.
1: Oh, wow. You know, there's always fires and stuff to put out, you know, and, and the big, and the biggest challenge is, for for me was always the residents and not bad challenges all the time but just making sure everything was running smoothly because at the end of the day they're the bread and butter of what we do.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Absolutely the, the residents being happy in their apartments is is super important. So the, the challenge of their personalities, right? Because you have to be able to what I call in any situation manage up, right? So when Barbara comes in, I have to be able to manage Barbara, right? And I also have to be able to use the same management tactics for my team. But with the residents, there's so many and there are so many personalities. So the challenge there is just, is, is that, that those I mean I can do the fires the floods and the famine I can do the deaths I mean I had suicides I had apartments full of maggots I mean you I mean you want to talk about stories I can we can talk about crazy stories all day long I mean we all can but the stories that I lived for was helping the family move and find a new home that they loved
0: That's the, that's the like heart part right? what we do. Yeah, it absolutely is.
1: You know, or helping that college student who, who wants to try. And I say that because so many of them are like, well, my mom, right. Uh I'm calling my mom because I'm telling my mom on you. Um, But you know, helping that college student find their first apartment and see that light bulb go off when they're like, oh, budgeting. I figured this out, right? Uh, You know what I mean? it's, those are the rewarding things, you know, watching new babies be born, meeting new puppies I mean, that's, you know, the stuff that people think's hard, the fires, the floods, the famine. I mean, that's, that's all processes. And if you, if you understand how to follow a process, you can do anything in this business.
0: That's really, I, I really love that perspective because, you know, a lot of times people get hung up on those things that you were saying as being the challenge, like the, and a lot that can be corrected with a process. I, I love, I love that because it's such a combination. It is people and processes. And sometimes we put more weight on the process than we do on the people and the people, like you said, there are, there are bread and butter. They're our, they're mm-hmm. our main customer. So when you, you know, you said that about communities, sometimes you're in a community with hundreds of residents. How did you find your ability to navigate those different personalities? Like how did you get your mindset to manage up?
1: It was tough. It was tough and I'll be honest with you. It was tough until I found my wellness. It was really tough until I started exercising and eating well and sleeping well, because if you're not doing those things, you're in a brain fog, right? You're fueling on caffeine, you're fueling on sugar. And when you crash, somebody comes, resident comes in and starts going at you because their air conditioner has been down for three days and they're screaming and cussing and you got vendors waiting and staff and people trying to apply. I mean, sometimes you just shut down. You can't do that. You've got to have the energy and the focus to be able to manage that time that you're with that resident and move forward from there.
0: Yeah. And you know, before we hit record, I loved how you talked about that specifically that it was like we as property managers and having been there myself, you take care of everyone else. And then you're left with very little at the end for yourself. And you don't realize that in a sense, the body is keeping score. The mind is keeping score and that adds up. So you saw that as being a critical change for you.
1: A very critical change. So critical that when I'm talking to the property managers now about wellness programs or even corporate about wellness programs, and they say to me, I don't have time. I very kindly say back, no, you have time. Your priorities aren't straight. Mm -hmm. Right. Not trying to be harsh here. You have time to work out. You have time to eat healthy. You have time to sleep. You have the same time in the 24 hour days that I have. It's about time management and priorities. So now we have to figure out how to help you change those habits because we all live by habits. Yeah. How many, t- how many times have you been driving to work and just showed up at Starbucks because you stopped there every single morning to get your favorite coffee oh my gosh. and wonder how you got here? How many times have you driven to your office and got there and thought, how'd I get here? Right. Right. But we do things by habits and, and, and it's there's a trigger, right? That starts all those habits, you know, habits, trigger reward, you're there. So you have to figure out what the habits are and change them.
0: So let me ask you this with all of the the things that you've seen in your career as a property manager, I think it's one of these super unique roles where you are, you're responsible for answering to hundreds of residents. You have a team, many times you have a supervisor, you have you know, your corporate office and you have ownership, what advice would you give to someone feeling overburdened by all of that? How do you manage that?
1: Time blocks. Time blocks is the best way to do it. To time block out what you need to do administratively. And it doesn't matter what you time block out. I'll say it, you'll say it, any other property manager will say it. You can't sit down for three hours and do deposit accounting and ignore the phone and the residents. We all know that. Right. You're going to have a resident that's going to come in and need something. But when somebody comes in and they need something, you stop what you're doing. You go help them. If helping them can take less than 60 seconds, when they're when you're done, do it. If it takes less than 60 seconds, do it. Get it off your plate. It's like throwing away trash. Throw away your trash every single time. Less than 60 seconds to do it. If not. Make a note and delegate. I see so many times property managers make two mistakes. They don't delegate to their team properly because they're afraid of having to either do it again themselves because it wasn't done right, or they haven't found the team that complements each other's skill sets. Mm-hmm. It's so important when you're looking for a team to find. If you've got an an administrative leaser, if you've got somebody that's great at doing applications and administrative stuff, but they're not real creative with social media, maybe
0: mm-hmm.
1: then when you look for another leaser, you find somebody that's so they they complement each other.
0: You are speaking my language. You're talking batch work, time management. I love this stuff, and I love the part about the team because. I think sometimes, like I'll have um, like supervisors say, "Well, I'm just not good at uh, social," and I'll say, "I guarantee you somebody on your team is." Or, "I'm not good at events," and I'll say, "I bet you there's somebody that on your team that is the go-to for the party planning." So, utilizing and and I think you really you said the right thing. It's like you're building a team, right? So you're yeah. picking the right pieces, and they're complementing each other. Exactly. That's
1: huge. So absolutely. Um, go ahead. And then- The the other thing, because there was two, is take the time to train. Take the time to train your team because things come up repetitively. And if you come into my office and ask me how to create a renewal, and I say, here, like this real quick, and you're like, okay, 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 I got it. Okay, I'll send it. And then you come back a week later and say, "Hey, how do I create a renewal?" Right?
0: Yeah.
1: I didn't. There was there was something I missed
0: when I sat down.
1: There was like a disconnect. There was a disconnect there somewhere, whether it was a a process, right? And I always go back to process. Huge. You know what I mean? Where there's a process, but take the time to do that. And here's where property managers miss the ball all the time especially now in our digital world where everybody signs things electronically. Take the time to educate your resident. I don't know how many times I was at properties, even mine, and somebody would come to move in and somebody on that team would go, hi, Barbara, I saw you signed your lease. Thank you for paying. Here's your keys. There's how you get to your apartment. Right. I would step in every single time and say, Hi Barbara, I'm Laura. Let me let me take you to your apartment today. Yeah. Take Barbara to her apartment where I would explain to her where the water shutoffs are, where the reset was on the garbage disposal. Uh-huh how to shut the water off in the back of the toilets if they started leaking. That it was Barbara's responsibility to change the batteries in her her smoke detector. (laughs) Protect them and they're all working, but now you have to change them. You're also responsible for your AC filters, whatever the policy of the property is, right? You're setting them up for success. You go over all that and then you put it in writing on their refrigerator with a business card or something. Maybe it's a scan for a review. Maybe it's a follow us on um, Instagram and Facebook, whatever you want to push, if you put it on the refrigerator, here's how you check. Instead of calling me every single month for the rest of your life while you live here, here's how you check to see if your rent's due. Here's when your rent's posted to that account. Here's how all of that works. Here's how you get a package. Here's how you check for packages. Will that stop them from calling? No. No, no, let's be real. (laughs) It won't, it won't stop everybody from calling, but it'll stop that move in from calling that has to turn on their dishwasher from the switch because they live in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And in 1992, the (laughs) municipality decided that dishwashers had to be on a switch. Why? I don't know. We don't know. But you know what I mean? Or the properties that have the light switches for the outlets because there's no overhead lighting the older ones
0: right how many times do they get a call says my
1: outlet don't work
0: yeah no this is that a, is an unnecessary call because what you're talking about is a two-fold training it's training your team yeah. and then training your residents and i think for the manager that would say man i just don't have time for that i'm running in a million different directions it's almost like you said earlier I use a quote all the time with my team. I say, sometimes we have to slow down to speed up. So you slow down. at the Yes. Beginning and yes. And you gain that momentum later. So I'm with to. you. You have to. Imagine if I spent
1: 15 minutes, if I didn't have 15 minutes, I don't have 15 minutes, right? But if I sat down and took 15 minutes to train you how to do something and for the next year, I didn't take 10 minutes a week to do it right imagine all that time you have back now right so yeah,
0: it's like your time budget i think you said that and i'm thinking we're, we we get used to our budget of money but we have to look at our time budget too because that's almost more valuable as a manager this is absolutely that, such good advice here so let me ask you you also said about building your team so i'm curious when you were looking for specifically, let's just talk leasing for a second, because I think leasing is such an important role. What are some of the qualities that you looked for in a leasing agent? And then also that maybe that you would wanna see for someone trying to advance as a leasing professional.
1: Oh, wow, okay. So it would really depend on what they told me in the interview, because that's one of the questions I would always ask, right, everybody always says, where do you wanna be in 10 years? What do you expect out of this job? Do you wanna grow? Where do you wanna be? And as soon as somebody says, I want to be the property manager, why? Why do you want to be the property manager? Because here's what I found over my years and years and years and years, that most people in property management who start out in leasing think that the natural career path to success is property manager. I mean, leasing consultant, assistant manager, property manager, regional manager. Right. And that's not accurate. Because a great leasing consultant will make a horrible property manager.
0: <laughs> I, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I was a great leasing agent and I was a good property manager, but I'm with you. It was it's a th- different, different beast.
1: It, it's a different skill set. It is 100% a different skill set. Right. Your lease, when you you ask me what I look for in leasers, I look for personality. Yeah. I look for bubbly. I look for friendly. I look for that magnetic attraction that somebody's gonna like. That immediately when they walk into the office, they feel an aura of, I love this place. Right. I'm looking for that leasing consultant. Now, I'm gonna tell you some stuff. You're gonna be like, dude, why don't anybody work for you? I'm looking for that leasing consultant that stands up every single time. Preach. Every single time. I had a property, my very first property in um, North Carolina when I moved here. I took it over and the regional manager said, I want you to give the staff a chance. They, let, they, had let, they had let the manager go. I want you to give the staff a chance. I don't know what's going on here, but I think you have a good staff. I said, okay. I need y'all to get up when people come in. I said it over and over and over. I would be from my desk in the back office to the front leasing office to help a customer before those ladies would get out of their chair. It was literally sitting behind their desk going, can I help you? No, it's not the customer service that we want. So they came into their office and their chairs were gone. Every chair in the office was gone except for mine. And they said, Laura, where's our chairs? And I said, if you can't stand up, you can't sit down. And I gave them their chairs back, but I made my point.
0: <laughs> right. right?
1: And I was very, and I, and I, and I, and I said, here's, here's the leasing office. Here's where you sit. And here's where we greet residents.
0: So what would you say to somebody that would say that's old fashioned? What is, cause I'm with you. I think that standing up is huge. What does standing up say to somebody that comes into the leasing office?
1: Says you care. It says that you want to help. Right. It says that they mean something to you. Just like when you go somewhere, imagine how you want to be treated when you go somewhere.
0: Right. Absolutely. Same it's thing. It's like that you're with, important
1: with respect, with respect. And at the end of the day, you're in a sales job. Yeah. Period. You're in a sales job. Leasing is sales all day long.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's,
1: there's an administrative aspect to it because you have to be able to process the applications, but it's a sales job.
0: Right. If, so, I, had leaser,
1: if I had a leaser that can turn, and I didn't mean to interrupt, but if I had a leaser that could turn out leases, I'd process their applications all day long.
0: I used to say oh, the same thing. Probably. I would say, don't get in the way of my leaser.
1: <laughs> yep. don't, yeah. You, if you can, if if you, if you're rolling out sales, right, again, bread and butter of what we do. If you're rolling out those leases, heck yeah, I'll process, I I have to approve them anyway. I got to look at them anyway. It's a couple buttons to press to pull credit.
0: That goes back to even what you were saying when you're building your team. I think sometimes people get hung up on that every person has to have every single strength and when you look at it it's like what is the core value that they're bringing here and if they're weak in one spot what can we do to support them because what i want my leasing person to do is to make the resident the prospect to feel welcome loved, excited i i interviewed a, a a friend not very long ago and she was telling me that when she first started She was awesome at leasing, but would get called into the back office because she would never process her paperwork right. So she said she hired a virtual assistant to start doing it for her. And when the company found out, her boss said, I don't know whether to fire you or promote you because that is incredible. So I think it speaks to yeah. that if you want to be promoted and really to me, it's like in anything really shine in your lane. Like, you know, absolutely. would you say the same for a property manager, like a property manager wanting to grow in her or his, her or his role? you've shared a lot of really good things. Automation, really taking the time to train your team. Is there anything else that you think a property manager can do to actively grow in their role? If the property managers
1: want to grow to the next level, regional manager, executive level, they really need to look at those positions because just like the leasing position and the property manager position are not the same, the property manager position and the regional manager position are not the same. Right. There's a lot of the aspects in there as far as budgeting and stuff, but it really takes a different, you know what I mean? Like dealing with the residents, that's tough, right? Right. But now answer, now answer to the investors and the owners and the management companies for millions of dollars of assets and not just one team, but five teams, six teams, seven teams. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of paperwork. (laughs) Yeah. So really think about if that's what you want to do, because the leaser looks at the property manager and thinks, oh, that looks easy. Wow, that's a golden job. Look at at that. I I want that. And then the same thing happens with the assistant. And then when they get in the positions, they're like, I don't want that. (laughs) I don't like that and the stressors just become much different. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't been taking care of yourself, eating properly, sleeping properly, and doing all those things as a leasing consultant, and assistant as a property manager, when you get to the regional level, you're done.
0: Yeah, right? you're so
1: right. Yeah. You're toast. You're so right. So look at the, my, so my advice would be, look at the position that you want, make sure that you have the skill sets that you need to do that. If you don't, look for some additional education and training because there are so many resources with this industry. Um, Your local apartment association will have a million. And now with digital training online, I mean, you can find so many things. So if it's leadership that you need, take yourself some leadership classes. If it's processes, take yourself some, you know what I mean? Because you have to understand everything.
0: Yeah, and I think that's good advice. You know, you you shared it so well that, we just automatically think this is the next level. And if I'm not getting there, I'm not growing, I'm not this. And I think it's okay mm-hmm. to sometimes ask and say, do I really want that? Is that what I, I really
1: want that? Yeah, I have, a, I have a friend who for years and years and years, just, I wanna be a regional, I wanna be a regional, I wanna be a regional, I wanna be a regional. And I, I, I shoot it like it's straight. I'm like, you're not qualified to be a regional. And she got I me, mean, she'd get mad at me. She'd be like, what? And I was, you're not, you don't have the skill set. And it's not what you love to do. You love leasing and sales and marketing and training. Like that's your bread and butter. You need to be a trainer. You would be a great corporate trainer, not a regional don't, but she, like so many other people thought that that was the path to success. And it's not your path to success is what you want to do. It's what, it's what you, success means something different to everybody. Success isn't a title. Success isn't money. Success is you being happy with whatever you do every day and moving forward the way you want to move forward.
0: That's huge because I think that you brought up the idea of a corporate trainer. I think to piggyback off of your advice, it would also be Make yourself aware of all the positions yes. that are part of corporate. Is it a marketing position? That's what I wanted. So I I did the role of property manager for many years and I challenged myself, but I wanted to be in marketing. And that was, and you and like you said, you will do well where your interests and your talents align with your job description. So that's beautiful advice to say look back and think the grass isn't always greener. Just make sure you know what you're getting into before you do.
1: Exactly exactly it's one of the questions I would ask in all the interviews is what do you think you're going to do in this position
0: absolutely that's
1: a great one tell me what you think you're going to do
0: yeah it's it's a good reality check and and there's people that definitely can fill those roles so it's not that nobody can do it obviously we have people in those roles but it's it's going in there with eyes wide open um you, you're speaking a lot about the supervisor role. How do you think supervisors can support their teams? Because the on-site teams have gone through so much, especially this last year. How do you uh, feel a supervisor can add that support? So, to?
1: Yeah, this one, this one's a big one for me because micro cultures can ruin a company or make a company.
0: Okay, tell me about that. I think I know where you're going with it, but I want to know. So he,
1: you're a huge management company, right? And somebody says, what is it like to work for? I'll just throw one out. What's it like to work for Graystar? Right. My answer every single time is, are you asking me about the company or the people? Because the company has great policies and they treat their employees well, right? They have great benefits across the board. I've heard great things about the company. Now, if you want to talk to me about the people, and I'm not talking about gray stars, star, right. so, but if you want to talk to me about the people, that's where it's, that's where it's made, or bre- made, made or broken, because your regional manager drives your microculture. So if your regional manager is a smoker that drinks during lunch, then that's the microculture she's setting up. Now your maintenance guys are smoking on the property or he, she, or he, but you know what I mean? Like whatever they see, whatever is allowed, right? model. that's the microculture. If, if that person's always positive and helping you with time management and helping you prioritize, helping you learn, right? Great. If that person is always accusing, it's your fault, right? You, you've been, you've been there. Resident calls, says Barbara did this, this, and this. It's not Barbara, what's your side of the story? It's why did you do these things and now you're in trouble? So you, as a, as a leader, you've got to be able to manage your culture in a way that supports the culture of the entire company. And everybody's got to come together and do that. And there's so many, especially with your bigger companies, that it's completely, it things are run differently in every single area because of whoever that leader is. And, you'll, and you've heard it, you, you've, you've heard it at companies saying, oh, I love this regional and I don't like this regional. And it's because they run things differently. And a lot of times it's about policy where if somebody came to me and said, my rent is late and I don't wanna pay my late fee, I would kindly explain to you why you had to pay your late fee. And I would move on, write a bad review. I don't care, call my corporate office. I don't care. These are our policies. Right. And then you've got another group who says, well, the resident's always right. She forgot, just let her do it this time. But this time ends up being the next time, ends up being the next time, ends
0: up being the next time. So you've got to follow your policies. You know, I- I think that you brought up something that is not talked about enough. I think that you will have companies talk about what great culture they have. And I think you are, you hit the nail on the head that those companies stand for really good things, but then you'll see in some of these Facebook groups or things people venting about what's really going on behind the scenes. And I think that that's exactly what you said. It isn't because the company is evil and they don't want to stand for that, but they've allowed those micro cultures, which I love yep. that term to bubble up and kind of go unchecked. And yeah. it's the difference between, you know, I worked for a manager where we were against the residents. That was the attitude, you know, that was like, The residents, they're always trying to be... Basically, it was like the residents are a pain in the butt. Well, you could see that trickle Mm -hmm. forth. So of course, maintenance isn't going to go above and beyond because it's like, oh, yeah, these residents, they're a pain in the butt. The leasing agent was like, well, you know how it is. Those residents, they're always complaining. And I saw a huge difference when I worked for a manager that was not the residents are always right, but that was like, hey, we're here for the residents. Let's see what we can do. Let's see what we can... We have to think ownership, but we got... And I remember thinking the exact same thing, saying we were in the same company, but it was like night and day, our attitudes. And so when you say that, it sounds like drilling it down. A supervisor can support their teams by really like setting the pace for what they want that culture to be.
1: Yeah. And you have to set the pace. It has to be a positive. You have to set the pace and it be positive. Yeah. Like you said, the residents aren't our enemy. Right. <laughs> and those are our enemy. Owners' reports are not our enemy. In- yeah, they are. They're our enemy.
0: Okay. Sometimes I feel right.
1: like our owner's <laughs> reports, those are the enemy.
0: Yeah. And it's not all, you know, rainbows and butterflies. We always joke because it's like I, I come from that perspective. And I've had people come back and say, Oh, you're always so positive. No, it, there is a realistic challenge of this job that wears at you, that's exhausting, but I can go into it negative and like you I love that you talk about wellness because I'm just hurting myself if I go into it with that. But if I go in with the we can do it, we can set boundaries, we can still take a lunch, we can still go for a walk at lunch, we can still do those things, then you're we're better prepared when those really difficult times come up, which they will and they probably will daily. So, let me ask you this in your career, which has been a long career, what are you most proud of? Like what what do you feel like was a good achievement for you?
1: Oh, wow. Wow, it's so long.
0: (laughs) Okay, just try to pick one thing that you think, man, I felt really good about that.
1: You know, I want to find a story about a resident. A Really good. Let me think on that one.
0: Okay, okay. Let me think on that one. Yeah, no, um, I'm curious too. you know, you recently made a career change. And that was part of the reason I wanted to talk to you. I know many have been in property management for years, and some feel like, you know, they want to be in it forever. You've made a change. Tell us a little bit about that. And what are you most excited about with this change?
1: I made the change because of everything that we've been talking about today. And the wellness of our industry. Yeah. And I want to spearhead a mission to change the wellness of our industry. Sorry.
0: No, I can tell this is something you're super passionate about because, and I wanted to bring this up, been talk to you because the sad part is going into some of those chats. And seeing people so burnt out, so fried, the jokes of even using, not that alcohol is bad, but, you know, the overuse of alcohol and things to cope with things. And I know that you've got a a perspective that's really...
1: Yeah, so, um, I was miserable. I was miserable. I was depressed. I... I mean, I, I mean, I I won't go into how bad it was, but until I found wellness, I, my job was the end all be all right. Like that's just, and I couldn't get it all done. It was exhausting. It was the most property management was the most rewarding and exhausting thing that I ever did. But if you can do exactly what you and I are talking about, manage your time better, understand your priorities, build your teams, and you have your wellness in check, it's night and day. It is 100% night and day. So I started kind of part-time helping people with their wellness and then found some software that I could build corporate, um, groups on, so the I can bring entire companies on. I can, it's all virtual. Um, it includes fitness, nutrition, sleep, and hydration support, and it's inexpensive. So it gives the management companies or the owners another benefit to their employees that will not only benefit the employee's health, but it will benefit the company and their bottom line. Because when your employees are more healthy, they do more, they want to be there more. Their focus is better, their memory is better. We've talked about all of that. So I literally stepped away and my sole focus is apartment management,
0: period. I love that. That's My
1: cool. sole focus is apartment management. And right now I've done several individual plans because individuals understand that their wellness, is, are, their wellness is important. But I haven't been able to get that first management company yet. I had one. It was mine. We won't talk about that. But, you know, the f- very first management company, because they're like, Laura, this is a great idea. We just don't want to pay for it. So here's what you're paying for. You don't wanna pay a small yearly fee, okay. You're paying higher group insurance health costs every single year. You're paying 15 minutes every, sing t- every single time somebody goes into brain fog. That's time you're paying them, they're not working. There are so many things where a wellness plan could benefit not only the employee, but the company. And it is a dual ownership initiative, hands down. And the entire company has to participate. If you launch a wellness plan and the regional manager doesn't call the property managers and encourage it, they might not do it. It has to be a group initiative. But at the end of the day, especially with what we went through last year, you would think that our health and our immune systems would be on the top of everybody's list. But unfortunately, I'm telling you, it's not.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I did a survey, 2% of the people that I surveyed said their company offered a program. 64% said they would participate if they did.
0: That's incredible. I mean, I think- And I am
1: just trying to break through that ceiling. And as soon as I do, right? It'll be like valet trash. Everybody hated valet trash because they thought it was the who wanted to do it. It was something else that was going to be an expense and it wasn't going to be something that was going to be valuable to us. Talk to Valley Living now and see how valuable they think it is.
0: Yeah, But our
1: wellness is more valuable.
0: Well, and I think that like you were saying earlier, you know, when somebody says I can't afford it, it's like can you afford not to. And the time that we lose and the mm-hmm. the things that our teams are going through a lot of times people won't make that investment necessarily in themselves but if a company did if first of all it says to your employees you care about them I mean I'm just thinking it's it's beyond it's an Absolutely. employee perk that says you know to me it's like investing in training it says I care about it it. I just want you to be better and that's huge yeah. So, I'm excited to hear about your mission. I think we're going to be talking again in the future and you're going to be yeah. you're going to be breaking that ceiling because I think people are at least talking about how exhausting this industry is. And I think that people sometimes they wait till they get to the burnout place where they leave or they have a real serious thing that happens. And I think what you're saying is it doesn't have to get there.
1: It doesn't have to get there. It doesn't have to get there it doesn't have to get to where somebody is almost in tears when they are explaining how much they love, how much they love an industry.
0: Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh man. I've been there the other day. I was talking to somebody and I did the same. I got emotional and I'm like, I don't know why I'm getting so emotional, emotional. (laughs) but I love these conversations with people in our industry managers, regionals, because I feel like at the core of it, We've all had our fried moments, but we love the people, and I think that's what is so binding. Is like we all understand the abuse that we endure, (laughs) and at the same time, like you said, the the rewards they they are definitely there. So. (laughs) Laura, this has been so much fun, and I don't, wanna, I don't wanna end without asking, is there anything else that you wanna share or a message that you wanna leave our audience with?
1: No, I am good, Barbara, thank you so much.
0: You said I, you shared yeah. so much good wisdom. I cannot wait for everybody to hear it, and this has been a real treat for me, and I know it will be for them too.
1: Wonderful, thank you so much.
0: Did you enjoy that interview as much as I did? I really hope that you did. If you did, I ask that you please spread the word and help others know about this series. The best way for you to do that is to screenshot it, share it on your social media, and tag at Sprout Marketing. It helps to get more eyeballs, leave a rating and review, and if you or somebody that you know would make a great podcast guest, please DM me on Instagram at Sprout Marketing, or you can email hello at watch your business Sprout. And just put podcast recommendation in the subject and we'll make sure that it gets to me. All right, guys, I can't wait to bring you another episode of Conversations with Community Managers. Stay tuned.